This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is Wednesday, January 19th. <laughs> Ham. <laughs> 2022 almost <laughs> god darn it i have not coughed all day well it's the projection of your voice and stuff that makes you cough yeah uh welcome to the show the covid cough still hanging around the vid the coco the rona i just can't get rid of this cough dude it's terrible it's the worst thing seriously i feel like this has been two weeks yeah of just terrible cough Hey, and now I have like this leg thing. What does that mean? You have a leg thing? Like Aaron Rodgers had COVID toe. I feel like I have COVID leg. Okay. You know, like I hurt my, my, I didn't hurt. I fell off a lift. Are you hurt or are you injured? I'm injured. I'm not hurt. (laughs) I can keep playing coach. Um, But I banged my knee getting off a lift at PCMR two weeks ago. Uh Uh-huh. And I had a bunch of blood. You know, you know how it is. You break a blood vessel and you get a huge bruise and yeah, a lot of blood flow. Yeah, like now I have this. Now I have this whole thing where, like, my leg is it's just sore. Yeah, you know, like, and there was some swelling and I've got like ugly ass bruising. Like, it's a real drag. Right. So I'm kind of a mess. So I need this week to to kind of take care of it. Just recover. Right. You know, like this, but this cough is a real ball breaker. <coughs> yeah. Like it just won't, it just won't it let won't up. leave you. How many times did you take DayQuil yesterday? I took it every four hours. Every four hours. And you took your NyQuil. Yeah. I slept great last night. Was the bed elevated last night? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was. So you found the formula. Yeah. I, I think we usually start, we have an adjustable bed. We usually start in um, zero G. So your legs are up and the back is elevated. Okay. And then at some point, my wife puts the bed flat, and <coughs> it's great. Yeah. Okay. I didn't, I'm not coughing. I don't know why you're playing the coughing <laughs> drop. So. Hey, look, Tanner Plummer's here. Oh. Fucking Tanner. Yesterday. So, like, I'm tweeting <laughs> yesterday. I'm tweeting yesterday about, um, oh. about these jazz, you know, trade rumors that I'm hearing, right? And Tanner's like, tell me your sources. I want to know your sources. And I want you to fuck off. Like, it's like, (laughs) yes, here, here, because you're Tanner. I'm going to tell you my sources. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. We're, our our fact, our sources named Mr. Reliable. That's the name of our source. Here, let me, let me name my sources by name just for Tanner Plummer, you know. That was anyway. a legendary Twitter spat. Uh, morning, boys. This is a new direction. Starting off the show with non-sports talk first. Well, <coughs> you know, coughing through my open is probably a new way to go. But, you know, it is what it is. All hey, right. we're doing a t-shirt giveaway. Oh, yeah, that's right. Or not a giveaway. We did pretty well yesterday. Yeah, so remember, here's the shirts. We right? did what pretty do we well. Got? What do we got? Seven, eight left? I think we have, I think we have eight shirts left. Um, XL and 2X. Um, hit me on the, uh, hit me on the DMS. Um, if once we sell out of these shirts, we'll make a new one. Um, a lot of people asked about sizing yesterday. We only have XL and two XL left Mm -hmm. next time through. We will. What do you mean? 
I, you can hear it. I know exactly <laughs> the feeling that just happened right there. Yeah, when you fight through the when cough. When you fight through the cough. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, literally, for those of you who've had COVID, you know the, what the cough we're referencing, right? Like, And you tested negative, so technically it's not the Rona. Multiple times. But now. I do think that the cough hangs around. So, you know, like when you're talking normally in the day-to-day, you never really project your voice. But when you're doing a show and you project your voice, it really aggravates the itch that makes you cough, yeah, which terrible. is why you cough constantly when you project your voice. It's terrible. terrible. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the point is um, a lot of people ask for medium and large. Yeah. Um, one of our fine female listeners asked for a small or an extra small. Okay. Um, we'll do a larger size run next time. Mm-hmm. We just got to sell through these eight shirts. So yeah, so buy the eight shirts. We'll take the money. We'll get more shirts. Yeah, you can DM on Twitter or Instagram, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. We'll give you our Venmo. Uh, the shirts are $25 each. Uh, we ship them out every Saturday. Uh, so all the shirts that we you know have sold uh, yesterday was day one of the new shirt. Yep. Uh, we'll ship all those out on Saturday. Venmo your twenty five bucks, you'll have your shirt early next. Bada week. boom, bada bing. Pretty right. simple. Yeah. <clears throat> by the way, yes. Let's affiliate talk. links in the description below. Yeah. Let's talk. Uh, yeah. By the way, um, we're going to talk a lot about Amazon coming up at the end of the show. Yeah. So hang in our non-sports that. story yeah. for our uh, Amazon essentials, but um, there is a uh, <coughs> link. I don't know if you are, <coughs> dude. <coughs> I'm telling you. <coughs> terrible bro it's brutal i mean it's brutal like literally and there's nothing the thing is and and this is this this is actually a fair point we're about to get to jazz promise but with dayquil you're taking the capsules as opposed to the liquid do you think the liquid makes that much of a difference i don't know if i do in terms of you know making i don't know if i do chill out i don't think i do i don't know that if it does or doesn't yeah. I'm not 100% sure. Hundo P. We'll talk about that Hundo yeah. P and stuff. Yeah. Uh, right. In the affiliate links, there is a, uh, if you're not an Amazon Prime member, in the description below on this podcast and on uh, YouTube Live, uh, there is a uh, discounted Amazon Prime link. It's 50% off. Uh, if you are not an Amazon Prime member, I highly recommend you use that. Our at-home COVID test is there as well. Uh, but I want to get to all this jazz news because I know that that's what everybody's here for. Oh. <laughs> So, um, yeah, yesterday I was tweeting about the jazz and I woke up this morning with 600 plus, you no, you did not every time. Well, it only goes up to 99. It says 99 plus, And then it stops 600. It did that six times. Yeah. Oh it was my crazy. God, it dude. was crazy. Twitter's so, been going crazy. And- um, you know, it, I just, Okay, so it people, is what it is. so obviously, you know, we get into this Twitter thing yesterday and everyone's like, oh, you guys don't know what you're talking about. But of here's course. the thing. I think people don't realize that when you get as many Twitter notifications as we get, I probably only I only read the ones that that are highlighted. Yeah. So I don't read all of the Twitter notifications we get. Yeah. I don't generally dip my toe into conversations uh on twitter because there's just no winning in it yeah twitter for us is branding there's probably a group of 30 to 40 people our most you know active twitter users that i talk to on a regular basis um but i don't generally wade into arguments on twitter because i hello i just don't see any i'm a mess today i almost dropped my mic on the floor right there i don't see any i don't see any productivity in in bantering yeah Twitter tough guy. Twitter tough guy. Yeah. So yesterday, um, 
you know, we were talking to our NBA people around the league yesterday, and it was very apparent that something switched in the Jazz in the last week because according to sources uh, around the NBA that we talked to, the Jazz are open to trading everybody but Donovan Mitchell, and that includes Rudy Gobert. The Jazz are not actively shopping Rudy, um, but Danny Ainge and the Utah Jazz have made it very clear that if you want to have a conversation about Rudy Gobert, the Jazz will listen. Yeah. Um, and the only player that they are not open to doing business on right now is Donovan Mitchell. They view Donovan as a generational talent that they want to build this franchise around. And I say, amen, it's about time that that's the way that this organization starts thinking. Because I do agree that Donovan Mitchell is the generational talent on this roster, not Rudy Gobert. And this is an offensive league, not a defensive league. And to me... When you look at what's ailing the Jazz, it's not offense. It is, in my mind, it is a lack of cohesive team basketball and a lack of chemistry. That is very clearly the issue on this team. And I think, again, we're seeing this week that this ugly whatever it is, relationship, fracture, falling out that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell have had, it's real. It's legitimate, and Jake, I think it's starting to hurt this team. Yeah, and I think it's something that we've been watching for, you know, how long? You know, I mean, obviously you've got the infamous, you know, Rudy grabbing all the mics mocking COVID thing, but but I think that, that this, this whole, you know, if you want to call it a fracture or just them not having a great relationship plays out on a nightly basis on the floor. And, and it's hard to say just how present it is in terms of, like, them talking to each other or whatever. I mean, obviously they, they work together every day, but, but you know, the idea that, that Donovan does not trust Rudy will not feed him the ball. Uh, you know, you have, uh, you know, speaking of Twitter again, all the people who cover the jazz clearly talking about, Hey, the jazz won't feed Rudy in the middle. And that's a trust thing. And that stems from Donovan. But by the way, we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, We don't know what but we're talking for three about. Months, yeah. We three months this season, we've been telling you, and into the playoffs last year and a year ago, we were telling you that the Utah Jazz do not feed Rudy Gobert and that his teammates will not pass him the ball in the post. And by the way, it was pointed out to me yesterday uh, by a guy that works in an NBA front office. It was pointed out to me yesterday that Rudy Gobert is the second least effective player in the entire NBA yeah. with his back to the basket. Yeah. Rudy Gobert. The second least effective player in the entire NBA with his back to the basket. Yeah. They don't want to throw him the ball. That's not force feeding the ball. That's a group of four guys on a floor that don't trust Rudy Gobert and do not throw him the ball. Yeah. I think it's never been clearer than that. Yeah. And, and I think what they do trust him with is setting screens and rebounding. And and I think that, that it's not like the four guys, the four other guys outside of Rudy who are on the floor with him shouldn't be vilified for not trusting him when his game with his back to the basket around the rim game likely turns into a turnover unless it's a lob or, you know, you're putting him in a position to succeed, frankly. You know, it would be – imagine how different this team would be if, you know, you had a Joel Embiid at the at the five. You know, if, if you had, you know, your Jokic or your Carl Anthony Towns or even if you had – Hell, even if you had a John Collins playing the 4-5 combo for you, you could work with that. I mean, you can do things with that. It may not be the defensive stopper that Rudy is, but offensively, you automatically got better. So I just think, to get back to the point here, the, the fracture in the relationship, yes, it does stem from the fact that Rudy's offensive production is not 
what it needs to be. And everyone's going to say, I'm sure they're already saying in the comment section, oh my God, well, he was 20 and 16. How can you say that he's not an offensive force? Well, here's why he's 20 and 16, because they shot 26% from three. He was on cleanup duty like he is every night because that's his style of play. So, you know, when I hear, hey, you know, the Jazz front office is basically shopping everybody or is open to conversations about anybody on the roster except Donovan Mitchell, I say, hey, more power to you. Because right now, and, and this is what really pissed people off on Twitter yesterday, but it's the truth, right now as this roster is situated, they're just not a championship contender. Are they a playoff team? Yes. Are you a Western Conference Finals contender? Probably. But much past that, you're not going anywhere. And that's the problem. I think the Jazz understand, hey, we lost Gordon Hayward several years ago. That can't happen again with Donovan Mitchell. You know, we have not been a championship contender since Stockton and Malone. What are we doing? You know, and that is why Danny Ainge was brought in. And that is why, as a Jazz fan, you need to be prepared for this roster to go bye-bye and a new roster to come in and be much more balanced. And I think that includes Quinn Snyder as well. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people asking questions about Quinn Snyder right now. And I I, I think it's it's high time. But, again, I just, I just am curious and I wonder, who's got real value on this roster? Because from what I understand, the Jazz have tried to trade Jordan Clarkson and Boyan Bogdanovich. And bogey just doesn't have a lot of value and the issue is if you could make that trade head up any trade for Boyan Bogdanovich you probably would do that right now mm -hmm. the other guy that's become problematic is Joe Ingles it is very clear that the Utah Jazz held on to Joe Ingles far too long yeah that they should have traded him in October and gotten what they gotten value that they could have gotten for him because there were offers there were definitely <laughs> offers and we talked about it on the show yes and they chose not to do it that's a mistake, and yeah. that is one of loyalty and emotion, which you would expect of a new owner in Ryan Smith, mm -hmm. who on Twitter essentially said that he was not going to trade Joe Ingles, yeah. which now, looking back, is a mistake. This team is probably past its highest value for its assets mm -hmm. that you're willing to trade, which tells you they're probably going to have to wait until the summer to truly tear this thing down. Well, and I think if you look at the, the team and the dynamic of this situation, I mean, what you have to understand as a Jazz fan is this team's going to be bad for a year, in my opinion. I, I think the process that has to take place to what you were just saying is you're likely going to have to wait till the summer to really start to see big-time moves Correct. happening. You may see, you know, hey, this guy, this, you know, fringe player on the Jazz got traded for some salary relief or, like, you may see some – you know, just some little deals, some stuff on the fringe, right? But when we're talking about mainstay, staple names on this team, like Jordan Clarkson, Boyan Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, you know, Royce O'Neal, any of the main starting five, those guys aren't going anywhere till the summer. And if they do go before the deadline, that is a sign to me that they're like, that the Jazz are in, I don't give an F mode. We're getting ahead of this thing. And we want to try and rebuild it this summer rather than waiting to tear it down this summer. But who's the real important guy on this roster? I mean, Donovan Mitchell is somebody who I think all of a sudden has fallen out of favor with Jazz fans. And there was this incident last week where Rudy Gobert was tweeting love to Devin Booker about his defense and his effort. Mm -hmm. And Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, liked somebody saying, oops, subtweet at Donovan Mitchell. And he liked that tweet. 
I mean, I think it's ridiculous for Rudy Gobert to be pointing at other teams, specifically the Phoenix Suns, who are one of your biggest rivals in the conference yeah. right now, yeah. pointing at them as the team that's doing it right. Their best well, freaking player. Well, yeah, while reflecting back on, on your team, the Utah yeah. Jazz and Donovan Mitchell, as guys who are not doing it right. It's disrespectful. And, I mean, it's just straight-up disrespectful. And it, it is befuddling to me that this guy, Rudy Gobert, continues to do that. But the question has to be asked, is he right? And I think there is obviously a conversation around Donovan Mitchell's defense. I mean, you watch the way he you know, gets through screens. You watch the way he plays defense, you know, 1v1 one 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 defense on yeah. the perimeter. Yeah. It's not good. Mm-hmm. It's not good at all. Yeah. But you have guys like that littered across the NBA that are superstars. Devin Booker wasn't a great defender until probably two years ago. And really, that's when he started being a wanting defender. But what's the difference? In my well, opinion, the difference is his book was way ahead offensively. The difference is that there's accountability in the Phoenix Suns locker room and there's not in the Utah Jazz locker room. Mm-hmm. That's the big difference because when you have guys like Jay Crowder and, and Chris Paul, um, the kind of garbage that you see from Donovan Mitchell defensively where he's not fighting through screens or he's spinning off of screens and assuming that somebody's going to switch or – I mean, just the lackluster defensive style of, of defensive basketball and stuff that Donovan Mitchell plays would never be good enough Yeah, in the it, it, for the Phoenix Suns, would never be good enough on the Milwaukee Bucks or the best teams in this league that have real leadership. And that, to me, is what is really and truly lacking on this roster is real proven leadership yeah you don't have anybody on this roster that's won a championship you don't have anybody on this roster that you can look at and say you're our guy yeah not even donovan mitchell who's the guy on this roster right now that you can point to and say you're the one that we count on when the chips are down and we're in trouble you're the guy it's supposed to be donovan mitchell yeah but because you play so much one-on-one basketball and because you lack systematic offense and because you lack a go-to offensive set, yeah, you don't have that. Yeah, there's not confidence. There's not belief. There's not, hey, we've been here and done that. It's not reliability. Well, yeah, and I, I, I think the difference when, you, if you want to compare the Suns and the the Jazz, the difference is now. <coughs> the difference Damn. is now. Yeah, I'm struggling today. <coughs> the difference is now that the Suns have been there and done that. Yeah. The Suns have played lockdown defense. Well, and I think, too, you know, I think on the other side of the coin, though, like when you look at what the Suns had to do to get to the NBA Finals, even though they lost, what you, you look at the process that took place, I mean, you had, I mean, you had a complete change in the front office, which is what we're seeing in Utah now. And I think then what you saw is basically, uh, you know, I'm not going to say a fire sale, but you basically saw a revamp of that roster, you know, and, and, and going and getting, you know, the bona fide, hey, I've been there and done that guy and Chris Paul to pair with Book. Because at the time, remember, again, everyone wants to say, oh, well, DeAndre Ayton's this great offensive player and yeah. you've got Bridges who's on the, the, the basically the max extension. And, and you got to remember where they were as a team when these decisions were being made so you can apply that same logic to your team in the Utah Jazz. Remember. This team had just gotten over an arena renovation issue with the city of Phoenix. Yes. Robert Sarver was in the news as as a, basically a, a, a douchebag 
for the way he spent money and didn't spend money and basically some some operational stuff that he did. Um, you know, you've got you've got guys like you know, you've got guys in the front office that that just weren't getting the job done. I mean, think about it. You've had, you know, the Earl Watsons of the world who were the head coach of this Phoenix Suns team. And so what they did was they just came through. They hired a guy in James Jones who has a plethora of playoff experience and knows what winning rosters look like in Miami. Bring him in. He's now running the team, and everything's good to go. That's right. Now, what have the Jazz done? Well, the Jazz have essentially done the same thing. They just haven't made the roster moves yet, right? You've brought in Danny Ainge, a guy who's built multiple teams that have made NBA Finals appearances and won NBA championships. And now it's just time to go through the process. So the only question that really remains is, hey, are we going to start fire sailing before the deadline to try to offload guys like Joe Ingles who don't have a lot of value? Or are we going to wait, play out the string here, let it get a little you know, worse, frankly, let this team suffer a little bit, and then we're going to do it over the summer? I mean, that literally, to me, is the only question that remains. Yeah, I, I don't know what the, the right thing to do is. I do know what I think they should do. And I do know what most people around the league think the Utah Jazz should do. Uh, and that is trade most of their, their core. Um, because I, I think the likely outcome here is that the Jazz hang on to Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Um, I think if you do that, I think Donovan Mitchell is not going to be a Jazz man in the next two years. Because I think he doesn't like playing with with Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. and I think that that you know one of the interesting conversations I had yesterday was this: I I straight up asked a guy that I trust in, in NBA circles if Rudy Gobert is considered a championship caliber player, and the the direct answer I got was this is an offensive league, offense is going to win you championships, and Rudy Gobert is not an offensive player. Yeah, and I think that most general managers in this league would choose to build around an offensive player rather than a defensive player. And I think there's a lot of people who believe um, that Rudy Gobert's limitations are a big reason why the Utah Jazz lost to the Clippers last year. And I think what you're seeing now, um, and again, I was not aware of the stat that, and it makes sense because Rudy Gobert doesn't get the ball with his back to the basket, Mm -hmm. but that's a shocking statistic that Rudy Gobert is the second worst player in the NBA with his back to the basket. And I think it, you that's know, that's crazy. It is crazy, but I also think it speaks to his ability defensively. I mean, that you're, that's just how dominant he is defensively that, yeah. that, that he has such a lack on the offensive end, but it never gets talked about really statistically because he's a defensive player of the year and because he's blocking guys all the time and, you know, and he's doing all these things. But again, the tough part about this thing, and I and, and, and I almost feel bad for Jazz fans because you guys have been suffering forever, but you're right in the same spot you've always been. I mean, what truly, answer this question. What is the difference between a lottery team in the NBA, right, someone who's going to be in the top 10 for the draft, and, and, and a team that is good enough to be in the postseason but not good enough to win a championship? What would you rather have? Honestly. Would you rather have the hype around drafting high in the draft and being that team and being like, okay, we're going to start to build around some young stars like Cade Cunningham in Detroit? Or would you rather be this team that's got a bunch of turmoil in it and can't win a championship? (coughs) Hi. Hello. I think one of the biggest questions at the deadline, and there was a great piece. If you're not an ESPN Plus subscriber, you're a fool. Mm -hmm. There was a great piece on, I want to say, Brian Windhorst wrote it. 
about your tolerance for risk at the deadline. Yes. Because that's really going to be that's really going to be a big one. Tolerance of risk meaning like in optics? terms of the the Lakers were willing to risk Russell Westbrook's addition to that roster. Oh, yeah. Now who's willing to risk taking Russell Westbrook from the Lakers? Who's willing to risk Bradley Beal? Who's willing to risk some of these big name, big contracts? Yeah. Who's willing to risk? Think about what they, not whether you want to, but pr- pr- pretend or propose for a minute that the Jazz do trade Rudy Gobert. Who's willing to take on $41 million a year on average in salary? And what would the Jazz have to take? And what would the Jazz yeah. have to take in return yeah, dude. to get that deal done? Yeah, nothing that's, good. And that's why I'm telling you, all these rumors and all of these you know, conversations are great. They're, the chance that the Jazz right now today are able to unload Rudy Gobert's deal is almost is nil, zero. But they've got one, – one of the other conversations that, that I had yesterday was the Jazz just simply cannot afford – to pay the luxury tax on a regular basis. Yeah. Their TV deal is crippling them. Their multi multi right deal, which means streaming, social, you know, video packaging yep. is crippling them because they're not able to create that content and distribute it and have content that they can leverage for, you know, for partnership. Because it's garbage. It it, it is absolutely crippling the way they do business. Yes. And that's got to change, and I know for a fact that behind the scenes they're working on that. But right now, you're paying almost $30 million in luxury tax, and you have no way to offset that. Makes when, me want it. Yeah, when you're the Brooklyn Nets and you have the Yes Network or you have, you know, you think about the, the money that the Nets are into the luxury tax, they recoup that and then some. Yeah. Easily. On their on their multi tier rights, when yeah. you look at digital product and you look at TV and you but look at another radio. Reason, but and, think about it. Who, who on the roster is marketable? Donovan Mitchell. That's it. Donovan Mitchell Think is about marketable. other teams. Think about other teams. Think about the Brooklyn Nets, for example. Right? You've got Kevin Durant. You've got James Harden. You've got Kyrie Irving. You've even got Blake Griffin. You've got, you know, a bunch of guys on that roster. I mean, you look at look at um, Chris Paul, for example, with the Suns. You yeah. know, he's marketable. Devin Booker's definitely marketable. You know, obviously in L.A., you've got a— slew of guys who are marketable on Clippers and Lakers so I just think listen I just think that the Utah Jazz are at the beginning of what's going to be a painful process which is unwinding this roster and it's really just going to be how long do you have to be bad to get the money right so you can go and get guys that's just what it is and you're going to have to make trades because I I do think until you win something, it's going to be hard to attack, attract premier free agents. Until Don proves he's that guy. Yeah, because I think you need somebody that is dynamic. I think. Think what happened with Book. <coughs> think what happened with Book, because this is the same thing that's going to have to happen with Don. Yeah. People question Book. Remember the conversation. How is Devin Booker not an all-star, right? And then he gets in when someone got hurt, and, and then now he's taken off to that next level, right? But the question now is not, hey, can Devin Booker win? Hey, is Devin Booker an all-star? Yes, he's an all-star. Yes, he can carry you to the NBA Finals. Now he's just trying to win a championship. Donovan Mitchell's not there yet. Yes, Don's an all-star. But people are still, and by people, I mean players, premier free agents, I would guess are still questioning his ability to win at the highest level. Yeah, but I, I think, I honestly think Rudy Gobert's a problem. I, I, I just, all of this drama and, you know, if you if you read the Windhorst article, you saw that 
Uh, Jordan Clarkson essentially spoke up in a meeting, in a team meeting, and said, we've got to stop talking about each other on social media and taking shots at each other in the media. Like, I mean, I, I, I think Rudy Gobert's a problem. I, I, I just think when you have struggles and Rudy Gobert, I want to say Rudy went into COVID protocols and they were the, the Jazz turned into the worst defensive team in the NBA by statistics. And you look at that and you, you clearly see Rudy's value to this team. And so many people say, well, if you move Rudy Gobert, what are you going to do? Well, you're going to spend the $41 million on other players that are going to take that roster spot, right? I, I, I just, I continue to tell you that drama, how are you not a championship team, yet you are one of the most drama-filled organizations in the NBA? Yeah. How is that possible in this team? And when I, 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 when I, when I say that change has to happen. It's not, will it happen? Should it happen? Friends, change has to come to the to, to the Utah Jazz or you will forever be who you've forever been. Yeah. Because you're doing the same shit you've always done. Facts. And it's leading you to the same place you've always been. Yep. You have to change the culture and what has been the long consistent culture and mainstay on this roster. It's Rudy Gobert, and he's gotten way better defensively, but he's not really gotten even incrementally better offensively. And this is the this is the problem with with Craig Bowlerjack, and this is the problem with Big T and Holly Rowe. It's all well and good that the guy shoots seventy percent from the floor and he's a record breaker. Are you really going to tell me that Rudy Gobert is an offensive force? Is that really the 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 message you want to send? Y'all want to play. And I think that's what it is. I think the Jazz fan base believes so fervently in anything that Craig Bowler Jack says and anything that David Locke says. And of course, they're going to say, oh, Rudy Gobert is amazing. He's not. He's an amazing defensive player. He is a limited offensive player who is second to last in the NBA with his back to the basket. And can be had by the best players in the world How in is the that NBA possible? Finals. How is it po He's second to last. Mm -hmm. How is that? I, like that, am I Am I the only one that finds that shocking? Like, that I mean, is shocking to yeah, me. Yeah, it's an egregious stat. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, yeah. I, 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 and on one hand, I'm like, yeah, I am shocked by that. But then you start getting into it, and you're like, well, I guess I'm not shocked by that because, hey, that's who he is. Like, that's who you are. And this goes back to everybody's talking about firing Quinn Snyder. I agree they need a head coaching change. I don't care who you put in here. I mean, you could put Phil Jackson in his prime in here. You can put Red Auerbach in his prime in here. Oh, I think I think I think there's not a coach you can bring in that would be able to win a championship, but I do think there's there there better coaching would have this team in a in a better place meaning the locker room would be better. The on-the-floor play would be the better. The rotations. The rotations would, would be, be better. better. You'd be using your entire roster, not just, like, seven guys. Like, I, I love Quinn. I love the job he's done. But I definitely don't want to be the guy that replaces Quinn. I want to be the guy that replaces the guy who replaced Quinn. I, that's what I want to be. Because that guy, whoever the hell that is, is going to win championships with this team. And he's going to win many of them. And, and that, to me, is, you know, just a position you want to be in. I think it's interesting that there's so much drama in this organization.
And I just don't understand. Well, and what's funny about it, too, uh, it's, you've been talking about the fan base and how they feel about Rudy. What's funny is, is the fan base thinks that Rudy is the whole team and they don't care if Don leaves. But then when Don inevitably is going to leave this team, because that's going to happen, I'm just telling you now, it will happen at some point. Mm-hmm. When he leaves, everyone's going to say, oh, screw him. We didn't need him anyway. And then what are you left with? Apparently a one-sided player who's the second worst offensive player in the league, apparently, with his back to the basket. I, that's a, that's amazing to me. Yeah. It's amazing so, to me. What are the people saying? Let's le- let's hear from our public. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> our public. Kenny says, good morning, folks. I'm really intrigued as to what you guys are going to say today. Well, okay. be intrigued, sir. Cody Strickland, good morning. Nice to meet you the other day. Brylock says, morning, boys. This is a new direction, starting off the show with non-sports talk first. Yep. Well, just because I was choking on myself. Mm -hmm. Kenny says, (laughs) whoa, whoa, whoa. Trade rumors? TF? Yeah. Tanner says, hey, I was on your guys' side yesterday. Uh, For those of you just tuning in, Tanner was like, hey, guys, 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 name your sources, prick. Like, you did did what you had to do to roll up to the show and say that you were on our side. But I don't think you were actually on our side. I didn't read much. I, I didn't read. Much past, hey, name your source. I'm intrigued to know who your sources are. Get out of here. Uh, I'd love a shirt, but I doubt I, uh, I doubt it'd get here, sadly. Kenny, where are you? Yeah, where are, are, are you? Are you in the Philippines? Come on, guy. Kenny, if you're in the Philippines, we'll get it to you. Yeah. yeah we dude, will we get it to you. you. We that, got you, bro. That's no doubt. Cody Strickland says, I need an XL. DM me, bro. Yep. Chris Karn says, morning, fellas. What's up, Chris? Um, got to talk about the Bears coaching here in a minute. Kenny says, I'm warning you, I am rebranding as a Warriors fan if we lose tonight. <laughs> well, yes, sir. You got the Houston Rockets <laughs> at, at Vivint Arena tonight. I so. think that I think this game will be tight in the first half because I think the Rockets are going to come out and the athleticism is going to be hard to deal with for the Jazz. But my guess is that the Jazz, having just shot 26%, will probably shoot in the mid-40s tonight, again, in at home. Um. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. What are we laughing about? Somebody asking me. It's funny. Like somebody was asking me about creatine. Oh, um, just what's because we put new affiliate links in our YouTube description. Yeah. And the I took it out now, but the affiliate link I put for creatine is sold out because right now Optimum Nutrition doesn't have any stores of creatine. So you can't get Optimum Nutrition creatine powder. Like, how is that even possible? Do so, you even lift? I don't know. Brandon Whiteside says there's no fallout. The only thing wrong is Don doesn't play defense. It isn't a trust thing. It's a lazy offense. Well, I, I dare to differ. The reason that the Jazz do not feed Rudy Gobert is because they you can... You can see it. <clears throat> it's, it's not just Don. It's everybody. The only guy that consistently feeds Rudy is Mike Conley. That's it. You don't see Joe Ingles... Bogey Clarkson doesn't feed anybody. No, uh, but you don't see guys coming in trying to work Grudy into the post because he can't swing, he can't pull through, he can't dribble to the basket. Like they, there is this team practices with him every day. Do you not on the days they practice? But do you not think they would give him the ball if they felt like he could score in the post? He's unguarded down there a lot of times. Yeah. It, it, it teams want the ball he to has, go into Rudy dude, Gobert. He has no touch. Do we under, are we on the same page about that? Like, just so we're clear, yeah. Rudy Gobert does not have touch around the rim at all. 
unless he's dunking. That's it. Uh, who are the best big man in the NBA who actually gets fed anymore anyway? Joel, uh, Joel Embiid. Embiid. Joel Embiid. <laughs> Joel, Joel Embiid. Embiid. You know, I saw Anthony I saw, Davis. Bro, I saw a video the other day um, about Joel Embiid's footwork and how similar his footwork is. I'm not saying his game or his legacy or any of that nonsense, but his footwork is very similar to Kobe and Michael's. The way he operates on the elbow, the way he's able to cross. So, like, he's doing things that all the great scorers have done. And so, yeah, they do feed him. Yeah, when Ben Simmons has been out in his drama-filled escapade, who's been carrying the load for the Sixers? Yeah, Joel Embiid. And by the way, he can do it at all levels. He yeah. can do it at the rim. He can do it at the, the mid-range. And, and he, he wants can do it to end three. you, bro. He wants yeah. to end you. I, I, I'm... There are examples. Is this a big man league? It's not. It, it is not. But if you look at seven footers in this league, and I don't count Kevin Durant, but if you look at traditional bigs in this yeah. league, Rudy Gobert, I, 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 I understand he's a great player, but Rudy Gobert would not be a guy that I think would be the first big man picked off a, a, off a line. No, if you if you I, I don't if you, Nikola Jokic, Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, and Rudy Gobert were standing on the court in front of you, and you were about to play pickup. Yeah, I'm not I'm not taking Rudy over Joel Embiid or but Nikola Jokic. Look at Jokic. what Cat did at, at, at Madison Square Garden last night. Mm -hmm. You know, he won the game for them. I look at Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic is kind of a jerk, a punk, but yeah. That's a talented big man who can do it at all three levels. Mm -hmm. um, I just think Rudy is very limited offensively. That doesn't mean he doesn't have value. That doesn't mean he is not uh, a, a good player. I'm sorry. I'm really struggling with this cough. It's cool, um, man. I, it, uh, it, is, it doesn't mean that Rudy doesn't have value. It just means that he's a limited player. Yeah. And it, as we saw in the Olympics, as we saw in the playoffs last year, when the game's tight and championships are won and lost, Rudy can't be on the floor. Yep. It, it, it is as simple as that. Well, and the thing was is he was had in the Olympics too. I mean, Kevin Durant went right to his chest and moved him. Correct. And and that's what I think you would see. I don't think. I know that's what you would see against any great player in the NBA. LeBron, Paul George, yeah. you know, KD, Giannis. Like any of those guys are just going to move him. Cody says we look healthier in person. Okay. Thanks, dude. Okay, I think that's a is that a I, I think that's I think a compliment, that's a compliment, but I you know I'm not you know. I'm a man. I'm gonna be real, Kenny says. It seems like a narrative. I don't think their relationship is a problem, at least not the root of the issues. I think that Rudy Gobert believes Whoa. that Whoa. you're all right over there. I think Rudy Gobert believes that this is his team. Yeah, and I think that Rudy Gobert gets full of himself. And he goes into COVID protocols. They fall off the table defensively. And Rudy Gobert sees that as a, well, you know, if I was in the lineup, we, we croissant, we'd be fine. <laughs> well, what I'm telling you is you're built around the wrong guy. Yeah. That's what I'm telling you. You don't build championship teams around guys who can't get their own shot. Why? Why? You don't build championship teams around bigs. You don't. In the NBA. And, and again, I just point to that Laker bubble championship. Anthony Davis didn't win that bubble championship for them. LeBron James didn't win that bubble championship for them. They shot their way to a bubble championship. Yeah. And Anthony Davis's biggest moment in that in that run was a, a buzzer beating three. That Arguably he his biggest moment as a Laker to this point. Uh, and, and I'm I'm just telling you 
you look at what plagues the Lakers, this small ball lineup stuff that's killing the, or that's the plagues the Jazz, this small ball lineup should tell you teams do not play big to win. Right. The best team in the NBA right now is probably, probably Golden State. I think Milwaukee's making a push for that now, um, now that they're healthy, mm-hmm. even though they don't have Drew. But you look at Giannis, what's, what's Giannis's defining characteristic right now? He's only shooting 28% from three, I think, but his mid-range is knocked down right now. Like, the guy has turned himself into a jump shooter somehow. Yeah. It, you're not built around bigs that play. This is – Shaq is not here anymore. The The era of big men that, that – Tim Duncan. Akeem Olajuwon, Tim Duncan. Like, and Tim Duncan really was the first guy who started this, in my opinion – the knockdown mid-range jumper for a big, mm-hmm. he's one of the first guys that truly built a championship on a mid-range bank shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the guys like Kareem, Shaq. You call, would you call Dirk a big? I would not. Dirk was a mid-range playing power forward. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, he, yeah. and he, he had an incredible th- – he was, he was a perimeter player. Yeah, that's fair. Um, who had post-game, by the way. Yeah. You know, but he, I don't know. Anyway, I think you, you understand what I'm saying. Um, Brandon Whiteside says turnover Don is not playing great right now. He's not, but see, he's not it, to me. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to go in on, on, on you, dude, but it just seems like all you're trying to do is say that, that everything is Donovan Mitchell's fault. And, and I get it. He's the poster child of the franchise. He's the face of the franchise. Right, yeah. So, you know, yeah, he's going to carry some of that responsibility, but what would he be? And again, this is why I keep bringing up Devin Booker. What happened to Devin Booker when Chris Paul showed up? Oh, man, we went to the NBA Finals. What's going to happen to Donovan Mitchell when he actually gets somebody who can help him offensively? You need somebody who's been there and done that. You need somebody who's done what you're trying to do. Yeah. And I, I think Chris Paul's a great example of that. He's a guy who had, who had competed at the highest levels. He had been to the Western Conference Finals. Like, he is the, arguably the best point guard in the history of the game. I, and you bring him in and... and uh, you know, he raises everybody's game. Yeah. And I think that's what you're missing on this team. You need somebody who who's won championships. You need it's It's why, you know, like you read the stories in Washington about how close Bradley Beal has gotten to Cantavius Caldwell Pope. And they're saying that, you know, Bradley Beal wants to know how does LeBron do it? How did you guys do it? How can I get to where you guys went? And that's what teams like the Jazz lack right now. Yeah. They don't have anybody that you can say. And by the way, part of this is Rudy Gay is the obvious guy. You brought in experience. He's been on good teams. Yeah. What's that been for you? But he isn't an elite player anymore. Chris Paul is still one of the best point guards in the NBA. Not the best, but when he got to Phoenix, he is still one of the best point guards in the NBA. And what did he do? He mid-ranged due to, to the NBA Finals. Now, water's wet and Chris Paul's hurt in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And he had no hands left when they got to the finals and it killed him. Yep. But now you look at what a year under the wing of Chris Paul has done to Devin Booker. Devin Booker's an elite scorer. Yeah. And by the way, now he is a, a more than serviceable defender. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell needs that. And it ain't Rudy Gobert. He needs somebody. Donovan Mitchell needs somebody who can walk up to him, tell him how it is. And Donovan takes that as gospel. And who's going to walk up to Donovan Mitchell right now and tell him he's got to be a better defender? 
somebody who's an elite defender and a better player than he is. And that doesn't exist in this locker room right now. Because Rudy Gobert trying to lay down the law to Donovan Mitchell. He doesn't respect Rudy, dude. It, 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 there's nobody in this organization that can walk up to Don and say, you need to be a better defender. Because Donovan's going to say, or what? Or what? Are you not going to play me? Are you going to sit me? Like, that's what's missing. There's not toughness. There's not leadership. There's not a championship mentality. Culture. <clears throat> You're missing it right now. And I'm telling you, Danny Ainge is going to bring that. I am counting on Danny Ainge to do that. I, I <coughs> <coughs> Hi. Damn. I just don't see any other way that this team gets over. Yeah. I really agreed. don't. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, BMAC, what's up? Good to see you. He says, you trade Rudy, then Don demands a trade a year later, and then we're, we're effed. You're effed now. I think if you traded Rudy Gobert, if you went to Donovan Mitchell and you said, Don, we're building this organization around you, it's time for you to step up. Uh, he's not demanding a trade a year later. He's not. This isn't, you know, the problem is the, the, clear, the clear example in NBA history of this is Kobe and Shaq. The only problem is they had three-peated when, you know, Kobe wanted to leave or Shaq had to go. And Shaq was a dominant offensive force, perhaps the most dominant offensive force. And then they did break those two up, and each of them won championships apart from each other. Mm -hmm. So you don't have that. So you're in a position where you gave Rudy Gobert a horrendous contract, an untradeable, unmanageable contract. So you're probably stuck with Rudy Gobert. Now, if you had flipped the script and you had given Don $41 million, okay, you could probably trade Don if you really wanted Way to. Way better position for the team. But you're not – I mean, you're, you're – I don't see any way you're able to trade that deal without putting significant money into it, and they simply don't have the money to do that. Yeah. They, they, they just don't. Uh, difference is the Suns were a lotto team for 10 years plus, Brandon Whiteside said. Well, what were the Jazz? Yeah, what are you talking about, dude? How many how many lottery picks did the Jazz have in a row? Yeah. Now they wasted all of them. Yeah. You didn't get your Devin Booker. Yeah. The difference is is that the 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 Suns actually were good in the draft. How many Dante Exums do we need? I mean, if you look at the Suns, they drafted a lot of the guys that are on that floor now. DeAndre I mean, Ayton, Mikael DeAndre Bridges, Ayton, Mikael Bridges, yeah, Devin I mean, Booker. I mean, you you just yeah, don't even get me started on that. Can't trade Paul without a bunch of lotto picks and lotto players. True. You can't. Um, Oliver Ruiz says, but who would take on Rudy's contract? I think there's a lot of people. You need a, a dance partner. The problem is, you know, Oklahoma City, who's got a ton of cap space. They're not going to get locked into some long-term deal with Rudy Gobert. They're not going to do that. Uh, I, I, it, Although it, you've done business no, with them. But there's no reason. There's no yeah, win for there's them. There's no incentive for him. There's no yeah. win. Like your your Rudy Gobert's contract is. I mean, it, it and is. You've traded every single pick you have already. Yeah, you only have second round picks to trade. Yeah, and I actually think you can't trade a second round pick until the 2028 pick. Yeah, like I mean, the point is, you're listen you're screwed. That. Like you're in. You are. Yeah. Dennis Lindsay's a beloved figure in this organization. Fuck off. He is not. Like, yeah. he let you – like, that's how bad – You see what's happened. That's how bad that conversation when, – when, the, when, the, when we reported the day before or the week before that he was going to get fired, by the way. We, we told you yeah. that. He got fired, 
we said this is a good day to be a Jazz fan, and we had all kinds of fans telling us, oh, Dennis Lindsay's a beloved figure. He's amazing. Yeah, okay. Look what he left you with. Yeah. Look what he left you with. You have no draft picks, and you have no salary cap space, and Rudy Gobert is signed through 25-26, and he's going to make 35 this year, 38, 41, 43, and 46. $46 million. You're going to pay him $46 million in 25-26. So the problem is, if <laughs> man, if you trade him, you I mean, you essentially are are trading hundred and fifty plus million dollars. And this year I guess it, the total value of that deal is two hundred and six million dollars. Dude. And this is the first year of it. I mean, you're trading almost two hundred and seventy million dollars. I mean or a hundred and seventy million dollars. Who's taking that on? You're so fucked. You're I mean, you're hamstrung by this. Yeah. You what you will have to eventually give up to get out. It, it, I you I hope I'm wrong. I just yeah. don't view Rudy as a championship caliber player. Yeah. Not and at those numbers, I don't know how you can the numbers, argue with me on that. I, the numbers make him not a championship caliber player in in terms of money, and then you know obviously the play on the floor. Yep, Teddy Wayman, morning. What's up with you, buddy? Good to see you. Uh, Kenny says, when's the deadline? It's February 10th. I believe it's 3 Eastern, February 10th. Edgar Garcia says, I agree with Tanner. The West is just very good. It is very good. Yeah. Jeremy Bolton says, Rudy Gobert didn't lose to the Clippers last year. Perimeter defense and injured Mike Conley lost to the Clippers last year. So let me get this right. You didn't improve your perimeter defense. Mike Conley's still here. Rudy Gobert is still here, and you're worse this year defensively than you were last year. And Rudy's the same player he was last year. So you can – I don't necessarily blame the Clipper loss on Rudy Gobert. His limitations played a huge factor in their loss to the Clippers. Yeah. A huge factor. Like – and by the way, you have no solution for how – you yeah, know, like, you know, you want to talk about Mike Conley being hurt or all these guys being hurt. What would have happened if Rudy Gobert actually had an offensive game? And why did you bring Mike Conley back at the money you did when? Oh, because we're going to run it back. You know, we lost because Mike Conley was hurt and we could be a championship team. Yeah. Okay, dude. Okay. Yeah. I, I yeah. BB says we should trade Mike or and Joe or Clarkson and get Ben Simmons. But the Sixers are turning down massive packages i mean the detroit jeremy grant yeah. package that was offered to philly and they said no and i i'm not gonna guess i want to look it up like do you understand the the amount of assets that philadelphia is asking for and you want to trade mike conley and joe ingles and you think they're going to give you ben simmons <laughs> Come on. Come on. He, the reported trade is um, Grant, Sadiq Bay, Kelly Olynyk, a first-round pick, and Philadelphia didn't even entertain it. Philadelphia said, nah, that's not even a starting point for it. Jeremy Grant and Sadiq Bay alone with a first-round pick. And they wouldn't even have the conversation? 
No. Are you serious? So your Mike Conley, Joe Ingles is Come not going to get it done. Come on. I mean, I, I, I understand that Jeremy Grant's not a superstar. I understand that. He's a good player. That's a 25-point-a-night yeah. guy. Yeah. Sadiq Bey is turning into a good three-point shooter. He's a young player. Kelly Olenek is a throw-in to make the money work and a first-round pick, and you said no? You have options with those guys. And you said no. Yeah. You said you, – you not only said no, you said, no, nah, I don't want to have that conversation. Yeah. What do you okay. want? So that's how it's going to be. What is it you want? It ain't Joe Ingles and Mike Conley, I can tell you that. Yeah. That's going to get you that deal done. I just, man, I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think Philadelphia, Daryl Morey's got to be one. If he doesn't trade Ben Simmons by the deadline, he's one of the worst general managers in the history of the NBA. Pack your shit. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's terrible. I, I don't even, to not even have a conversation that they, that, they're not trying to Golden trade Ben State Simmons, dude. Offered you Wiseman and uh, and draft picks, and you said no. You said no. You straight up said no. Because yeah, they're not trying to trade him. The Bulls have offered you just about everybody, and you have said no, no thanks. Like, uh, what are you doing? Hurting Ben Simmons' career. Washington wanted to have a Bradley Beal conversation, and you said no. I, I, I am a, I am a. It hurts my head. Anyways, it hurts my. We're head. running out of time. We have to move. But will Philly consider yeah. Conley, Ingles, Malone, and Stockton in a first-round pick? They won't. Yeah, seriously, seriously, they won't. Brylark says, "I hate the we were injured argument. That definitely wasn't the problem last year. No, it was not the problem. It was not." Uh, Brylark says, I, I really feel like the Millers at the end of their tenure were just cashing checks and really didn't care about winning that much. I think Ryan really wants to win. So he'll make sweeping changes. That's the only thing you can do is make sweeping, burn this thing to the ground and be bad for a year. Yes. Be really bad for a year. Win 25 games for a year and understand it's a process. Kobe went through it. Every Golden State went through it. Everybody goes through it. The Lakers went through it after Kobe. Yeah. And you wind up with LeBron and AD. You have to. That's what you have to do now. Price to be paid. You're not the Lakers. You're not the Celtics with, with you know, Jason and Jalen. You're not the Knicks. You're, but this is what you have to do. And you better do better than Dennis Lindsay did. You, you cannot miss on Devin Booker's of the world. You can't. You just you just can't. You just can't. I, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. If Utah is going to rip it apart, Josh Lovren says, in a few years, why does it matter what you, what you send with Rudy on his way out? I don't think they're trying to rip it apart in a few years. I think they're trying to rip it apart yesterday. Yeah. I think the Jazz, if they could, they would fire sale today. If they thought they could get enough in return. Yep. But the Jazz are in are in a dire situation in that they need to be the third team in the Ben Simmons trade. They need Boyan Bogdanovich and Jordan Clarkson in, you know, they like you've got to be the filler, the third team. And I'm tired of the Jazz being the third team. Yeah. I'm tired of it. 
Like, I, I'm tired of them being the way station. And I just, it, it is what it is. And it, we, I mean, we can go back and forth round and round about this. Uh, Cody Strickland says, what I mean about you look healthier in person is that it's true that the camera adds weight because you look better in person, Monty. Thank you. There you go. Yeah, I've lost 29 pounds. It's pretty good. So we're trying. What do you bench? Um, you know, the problem now is we overpay Rudy significantly. Uh, Justin Salas says, can Don be better defender at his size? Yes, he can. Man, Far this better. Don defender thing is just everywhere. Yeah. I, I mean, know. I feel like it's all everyone wants to talk about. We'll see. I, you know, I think that it it, it is... I think it's interesting to see what's going to happen. The, clearly, people I talk to around the NBA think the Jazz are doing everything they can do to remake the roster. But most people agree it'll have to be in the summer because that's when you're going to make blockbusters. That's when you can do sign-in trades or, you know, when you – like Bradley Beal's an interesting cat. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent this summer. He's going to get paid. Do the Washington Bullets, Wizards, whoever's – John Walls. <laughs> There's another interesting guy. John yeah. Wall's just not playing right now. Just chilling, working out. You know, like, do you trade a guy like Bradley Beal if you're Washington? Or do you hold on to him and hope that he comes back in free agency? Because I don't see him going back in free agency. No. I don't see Way how that's possible. too many other options. He wants to. He's made it very clear he wants to win. Yeah. And he's so good. He is so good. But then again... Do you do what Dallas did, the Mavericks, and hit your wagon to a dickhead like Luka Doncic? Yeah, thanks. Who, again, not a championship caliber player. Can't get along with people. You're a douche. <clears throat> I, I don't know what the right thing to do is in those situations. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what the Jazz should Yeah, do. I mean, you have to be definitive. You have to make a decision. Like with the Bradley Beal situation, you just have to say, okay, do we want to pay this guy and keep him here? Or do we want to risk it? You and likely not get him back. You can't keep being the third team. Well, that's what they're going to be for a while, unfortunately. But you I just, agree with you. You can't keep being the third team. I just, I, I, I'll say that until I choke myself out on phlegm. Mm -hmm. That you can't keep being the the third team in these deals. It just, <coughs> it's killing you. All right. Uh, holy cow, we're an hour into this now. Yeah, dude. Uh, my bad. <laughs> Sorry. Let's. Uh, uh, real quick, we need to get to the NFL before I remind you that we have eight shirts left. I don't know if we gotten. I think I got one more. Um, I don't know, though. Uh, we have eight shirts left. Um, they're 25 bucks each. We really appreciate you guys supporting the show. Um, as, soon as, <coughs> as soon as we sell out of these eight, I, I slept really well. I woke up without a cough. I thought I was over it. And then I sat down <coughs> here, and death has infected my lungs again. Infection. Please <laughs> please buy my shirts so I can afford to get this then, death out of my go lungs. Ahead and, go ahead and buy your uh, DayQuil. On Amazon. Yeah, really. <laughs> I, maybe I should put an affiliate link to DayQuil. Um, but as soon as we uh, we we sell these eight shirts, we're gonna um, we're gonna have a new design coming out. Um, and we are gonna do. We're gonna try and do things for like the the rivalry game. Oh wait, that's right. They're not gonna play for twenty six years. We're gonna try to do theme shirts as well. So we're gonna well, have fun with it. Well, don't forget about Utah State. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Hey, how was that Craig Smith hire at Utah? Anybody? Anyway, my point is, uh, yeah, hit us on DMs. Shirts are 25 bucks. All you have to do is DM me on Twitter or Instagram. I'll, I'll get you our uh, link to uh, Venmo. You Venmo us with your address, and uh, we'll send out the shirts. Every Saturday, we're doing a mail drop. 
Um, so yes, yeah, so I'll also uh, autograph my something for you. Yeah. Uh, somebody jokingly asked about that. Uh, Kenny says um, Luca is. Let's just say I don't like him. I miss Betty White. She ran for president. We need more people like her. Kenny, where do you live, bro? Weren't you the one asking about the shirt? And if yeah, he he, it I to think you? Kenny lives in the Philippines. I'm oh, happy did to he do answer? it. Yeah. I, I'm. I think I just know that we've oh. talked about it before. Okay. On a side note, I totally want a shirt, but I'm a small, and all you have are XL and two X. Justin Solid says. Well, so. you should lift more, dude. <sighs> do you even lift? Yeah, I mean. All right, you know. real quick, New Zealand. Yeah, we can yeah, ship. Yeah, we to New can Zealand. ship to New Zealand. That's fine. We'll yeah, put it in a fine. Ziploc bag. Um, <laughs> real quick, should the Cowboys have fired Mike McCarthy? There's an interesting conversation around the NFL about whether or not the Dak Prescott disaster at the end of the game, where he ran five yards way too far and ran out the clock, mm-hmm. is that Mike McCarthy's fault or is that Dak Prescott's fault? I'm here to tell you it's Dak Prescott's fault because I know for a fact, and I think I said this yesterday, the Cowboys practice that scenario, and then Mike McCarthy said this. You know, this is something we, we practice every Friday and Saturday, so, you know, we're, we're trying to get inside the 20-yard line. We, we, we want the last play to, to come down to, you know, it would have been some form of five vertical uh, pass concept, so we had to set, you know, based on which, you know, where we were going to be, you know, in the final yardage here. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Based on you know being that tight, 14 seconds, you know, we we should clearly get the ball spiked there. And um, you know I haven't seen the replay. You, I'm sure you have, um, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm surprised. I was shocked as anybody on offense that we didn't get to that last play. They practice it every Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand. Like, look, Mike McCarthy did not have a good year. They won 12 games. They went to the playoffs. Totally get it. Mike McCarthy mismanaged the clock on multiple occasions. Yes. This is not one of those occasions. This, eh, 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 honest to goodness, this has been – wow, that sounds way better. Yeah. I left Mrs. Monty's mic open all show. <laughs> um, this has been Dak Prescott's worst moment. He, he A, and I don't know how many people – obviously he ran and then handed the ball to the center mm-hmm. to p- spot the ball. A lot of people don't realize the official in the game, the linesman, has to touch the ball. An NFL official has to touch the ball before every snap. That didn't happen, so the official had to run in there. Mm-hmm. He ran into Dak, touched the ball. They snap it, spike it, clock expired. And I, I just – I don't blame Mike McCarthy for this. I don't, I don't know. Am well, I wrong about that? I mean, I, I don't think that, you know, he should get – blame per se but you're the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys and I think you know that the problem I have and, and we'll play it right here but the problem I have is he's basically blaming the officials and saying the officials were at fault and that's not really the case so just see what he has to say here um uh, I've never seen that come down you know the way it came down you know as far as the collision between the umpire and the quarterback um you know we were um you know we we're you know trying to get inside the 30 yard line to set up the last play uh, the mechanics were intact. I, I felt from our, from our end of it, um, the communication that I was given on the sideline, that uh, they were reviewing it. They were going to put you know time back on the clock. And um, the next thing I know, that uh, they're running off the field. So that's that's all. That's the only facts I have for you. Did they go to New York to review. Or that's the only thing I got for you. You know. You were told that. You were told they're going to put. Time yeah, back he thought he's going to put. They're going to put time back on the clock. So wait, we executed perfectly. We thought they were putting time on the clock, and we got screwed. Well, I mean, I understand why he says that. I know why he says that. But I've never seen an official run into a quarterback center like that. 
but he was doing his job. This is not on the yeah, official. This is not. on Jack Prescott. Yeah, I mean, you have to know the rules. Yeah, Hundo, Hundo P, this is on yeah, Jack dude, Prescott. And, and I There's just no think, doubt about it. I think the conversation around McCarthy isn't just this play. I think no. I, I agree with you. I think the conversation really is around Jerry Jones, if we're being honest about it. like the At some point, there has to come a time for the Cowboys where losing is not acceptable anymore. Like, like you, yes, you're a 12-win team, but you're not playing to be a great regular season team anymore. You're not the Arizona Cardinals. You're not any of these teams that are that are fringe playoff teams who are just happy to make it. It's the L.A. Rams. Yeah. It's the L.A. Rams going out and, and getting Von Miller and, um, you and know, Odell. And, and just building a team yeah. that, that is meant to win a championship. And if, there's, if they don't, there's going to be hell to pay. That's what the Dallas Cowboys don't do. And, and really, at the end of the day, it's Jarrah's fault. But I think Mike McCarthy has to get better at clock management, mm-hmm. and I think he probably will. Now, the the real question is going to be, what's he going to do on his staff? Because he's probably – not probably. He's going to lose Dan Quinn as his defensive coordinator. Dan's going to get a job. Pack your shit. Let's um, go. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I think Kellen Moore probably gets a job if he wants one. Um, the Bears are said to be very interested in talking to Kellen Moore. Um, I think he's their under-the-radar candidate. Notice that the Bears have been very vocal – and very public about wanting to interview Brian Dayball from Buffalo mm-hmm. tells me that they probably don't want to hire Brian Dayball. My guess is that they want a young offensive mind to pair with Justin Fields. I think you, there's a good chance, you know, Kellen Moore gets an offer if he wants it, but it'll be interesting to see what he does. And by the way, I look around the league and one of the questions that I also think you have to ask, depending on who you are and where you are as a football team is what kind of coach do you want? If, you know, for my Chicago Bears, I want an offensive guy. Yeah. I need the best offensive guy. Brian Dayball would be a hell of a hire, in my opinion. Um, you look at what he's done for Allen up in Buffalo. I mean, he's turned him into one of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL. What an ass-kicking mm-hmm. that was, too, Ooh. by the way. Man, to the woodshed. Um, but, you know, you look at you look at the available candidates for hire. I want to talk to Brian Dayball, Byron Lefwich, and Kellen Moore. Mm-hmm. Those are the three quarterback gurus that are out there. And I, I, I think if you are the Chicago Bears or anybody else that's got one of these openings, mm-hmm. um, if you're the Minnesota Vikings, you're hiring the best defensive guy you can get your hands on. So Todd Bowles or Dan Quinn, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you're built around defense. You're not, you're not going to have an elite quarterback in the next two years. You are built around defense. Yeah. And you need to have the best defensive guy because they were not good enough for the talent that was on the field in Minnesota. They were not good enough. And the the mistake you need to make is the Detroit Lions hiring a tight end to be their head coach. <laughs> the mistake you need to make is 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 avoiding the wrong hire. It's why Cincinnati's winning. Zach Taylor was a great hire. Yeah. Right. I mean, when you look at what you had there, who did they go and get? They got a guy who understood quarterbacks because they had Joe Burrow. When you when you look at the way that these teams that have come up have been built. It's because they played to their strengths. Why do the Oakland, now Las Vegas Raiders, want Jim Harbaugh? Will he be a splashy hire? But he also is a quarterback's guy. He is a he is a guy that understands how to develop and build offense. It, it is why Colin Kaepernick became the starting quarterback in San Francisco. And when did Colin Kaepernick fall out in San Francisco? When he put on pig socks and Jim Harbaugh left. And that, he will every single time. So if you want to win in, in Las Vegas – and you're going to probably replace Derek Carr at quarterback for the Raiders, and that means you're probably going to have a young guy there. You probably need a guy that can de- develop a quarterback, and Jim Harbaugh's your, your huckleberry right Here's here. Here's the game plan. So, to me, I look at the different guys that are available out there. 
I think there are good hires for all of for all of these guys. It'll just be interesting to see. Like, if you're the Oakland Raiders, do you keep Basaccia or do you go and hire Jim Harbaugh? He's I'm hiring those, Jim Harbaugh. Dude, he's one of those guys that I feel bad for, man. He did a great job. You know, you had all this crap happen in the organization, and you still got to the postseason. Now, it took you down to the last week. You had to play some huge games. It took it, you know, going off of a Minnesota Vikings helmet in the middle of the season. But you made it happen, and you're still not going to be a head coach. That's tough, bro. That's tough. Yeah, I, I will see. I mean, I, there are guys who are ready. Keller Moore's an interesting conversation. I don't I, look at him as a head coach, dude. Oh, he will be. I don't know that now is the time for him to be a head coach. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see, but he, their offense at times sputtered, but I think that's mainly because their offensive line had injuries. You know, you're built around a quarterback. Yeah, obviously his injury last year and, mm -hmm. you know, his limitations this year. Zeke wearing that knee brace. I mean, they've really turned into a thunder and lightning running game in Dallas. So, but they won. They won 12 games. Yeah, you had a hell of a season. You know, so it'll be interesting to see. I I think if I'm Kellen Moore, I stay right where I'm at because you're learning from one of the best offensive minds in the NFL and Mike McCarthy. That's a guy who, for better or for worse in Green Bay and now in Dallas, has always been able to put points on the board. You're so, Aaron fucking Rodgers. You got to develop Dak Prescott into a more accurate, more willing thrower of the football because he just made bad decisions and he was inaccurate with the ball. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that Kellen Moore is ready right now. He's going to be ready at some point. Like Byron Leftwich to me is ready He's to ready. be a head coach. Ready. He's ready to be a head coach. Been he, there, done that, a lot of different ways. He's they, ready to go. They were not better in Arizona when he left. They are better for him in, in Tampa. Tom has been able to throw the ball no matter who the wide receiver's been. Um, their ability to run two tight end sets, their ability to run the football no matter he's who done the well running back them. is. Yeah, he's like, done really well. I think Byron Leftwich has done a really good job. And Tom Brady raves about him. Yeah. So he does well with dynamic personalities. I, if I'm the Chicago Bears, it's Brian Dayball or it is it is Byron Leftwich. Those mm -hmm. are the two guys I would want to hire. And frankly, with Justin Fields being a young black quarterback, I'm probably hiring Byron Leftwich. He brings Tom Brady swagger with him, and <laughs> he is also a young, up-and-coming black head coach mm -hmm. at that point. There, there's a natural synergy um, where they're and going Chicago, to be able – in Chicago, that would be yeah, huge. And in Chicago, where, where the, the, you know, the black population is so huge mm -hmm. and the, the, the <laughs> cultural center mm -hmm. of that city is built around um, you know, black citizens and, and the players are young – dynamic black performers i think you have to you have to do and that you can see the you can see the path to success in chicago it just has to be cultivated yeah and, and, and alan robinson up. ripping matt nagy after he left is i wouldn't bring alan robinson back into that locker room i wouldn't no. i, I there yeah so all right a couple of things real quick yeah let's talk about bathroom etiquette at the gym <laughs> so i walk into the gym the the gym bathroom the other day uh, and there's a guy with a lawnmower like <laughs> going to town on his abdomen and like he's standing in front of a mirror nude like what's up motherfuckers grooming himself <laughs> like just dropping body hair all over the floor dude that's gross dude and i'm like the problem with the locker room at vaza in the the bathroom specifically is you walk into the locker room and there's like the sinks and the 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 lockers and you take a hard left into the bathroom yeah. where like you take a leak or whatever. Yeah. 
And you always see somebody doing something. There is nefarious, naked, fat guy problems in that locker room. Yeah. There's always some odd dude. Yeah. I agree. And you you walk in, and this dude is just, like, trimming his body hair. Um, Can we just get on the same page that there are some some rules and some etiquette in bathrooms? You what, know, you, what you do at your house, I really don't care. Yeah. I really don't house. care. You know. You have to vacuum the floor. I just am telling you now, if you shave yourself, if you shave your body down, and that includes, includes pubes, Onto a floor of a gym locker room, you're an asshole. Who does that? Yeah, you are not a nice person. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't understand how in your head you thought that that was a good idea. We've talked about this at Costco, the other etiquettes in public bathrooms. You do not drop your pants to the floor at the urinal. Makes me want to pee. You do not do that. You know, you hang. Like, you're you're posted up in the urinal, dude. Like, who does that? I'm just telling you. uh, you, you, You pull out your piece. You hold your pants up. You do what you got to do, and you zip that bad boy I'm up. a fucking unit. Yeah, you do not <laughs> drop your pants down to the floor. At the gym, you do not. You do not crap at the gym. <clears throat> and I understand that supplements cause explosive diarrhea. I get it. It happens. <laughs> you need to save that for the house. Using the Taking a dump in the gym bathroom. I want better fucking execution. You're rude. Like, it, the, the stank that, I mean, never mind that you'd have to use toilet paper instead of a moist, flushable wipe. I mean, what are we even talking about here? So, wait. How many people actually know that moist, flushable wipes are a thing? In the comments, how many people know that moist, flushable wipes are a thing? Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. I think most people probably use toilet paper. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. I think, tell me in the comments. Who uses moist, flushable wipes? I do. They're adult, great. Adult butt wipes are the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Do you really use toilet paper on a regular basis on that bajo? You it's can't do that. Reflex. You can't do. You can't do that. <laughs> read the read the comments. Are people using? Are dudes specifically using toilet paper or moist flushable wipes? Shave your shave your body in Cole's dressing room like everyone else. <laughs> okay. Man, when's the last time you went to Cole's? Years. Jeez. I don't use them, but I know of them, Quentin Moyer says. See? See? Tanner Plummer says, I know moist, flushable wipes are a thing. Doesn't use them, though. Doesn't use them. Yeah. Can't flush anything in toilets in the Philippines, which is why we use water in bidets instead of TP. My wife is a huge bidet. Yeah, my wife wants me to get a bidet. Dude, yeah, come on, man. Austin I mean, Lewis says, bidet is the only way. Bro- <laughs> really? Bro. Bro, come on. Is this is this You're, true? You guys are into spraying your butthole. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm a big believer in that. That's the only reason I have a body sprayer in my shower. I mean, you got to you gotta clean that crevasse. But <laughs> I, the problem, okay, so in Phoenix, when we were, we were, we did interior design and flips on houses, we had a client who had terrible toilet bowl etiquette. Whatever. So he had a bidet and it was just a polka dotted bowl. And it was, I mean, there was, there was just bad. There was, I'm telling you, there was said volcano ass in the background. There was fecal matter all over that. That is not the bidet's fault. That is, that is volcano ass. And the bidet only cleaned off his rear. The bidet does not shoot down onto the toilet. 
<laughs> the only people who talk badly about bidets are those who've never used them. Boom. <coughs> Thank you. Bruh, no, dude. Yes. Moist, flushable wipes. Way man. off on, on this one, Jeremy Bolton says, bidets are the best. It's cleaner and refreshing. Austin thank you. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. <gasps> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my so God. You're so you're these gentlemen who live in the bro. dark ages that I'm they'd rather still have a sponge and a bucket. No, but listen, I am traumatized by this former client's and as fecal you can see, I'm ex- going through some shit right now. On what was happening. His his fecal machinations Dude, were a little traumatizing don't to me. Do that. Bidets are not the cause of that. That's like saying Mike McCarthy isn't the cause for the Cowboys losing. We what all is know. It? So what? I-, I don't even believe we're going to do this. What is the? <laughs> what are the mechanics of a bidet? Like does the bidet only well, sprays I know what it- up onto your area to clean it <clears throat> off? But, but how accurate is the spray? I don't want my tank getting sprayed. <laughs> I mean, like, how accurate? I, for, I've never used a bidet. How accurate? Like, and by the way, is the arm there like the whole time? Are you pooping on the arm or like? It's, no, no that's home. a legitimate question. I'm asking a legitimate question. There are different types of Does it bidets. retract? Some bidets have a little arm that comes out that sprays. Bet you Some weren't expecting this one. the back of the... <laughs> Essentially, sort of the back of the toilet seat. It's, I don't know how to explain it. So is it like a fire alarm sprayer thing? Like, what's the volume? <laughs> don't look at My wife is tilting. A, mm. What What's the volume? Is it fire hose or is it more like is a it, drip? Uh, is it on ashwagandha status or is it just chilling? Yeah. <laughs> it is not a fire hose, but it's significantly enough in order to clean the area. And then some of them even have a little dryer. They'll have a little hot air. They'll dry you off. Is that like breath? Literally blowing air up your butthole. No, it's not up your butthole. <laughs> many people. What are in- you twelve? Yeah. <laughs> many butho. Many um. people enjoyed the sponge bucket conversation or comment that you made. <laughs> so I, I listen. The volume can be controlled, but it's not a light drizzle. So it's got some force up in the butthole. Well, I try to clean it off. So it's but is it like a high colonic kind of spray or no. is it more? He said colonic. Is it more? Well, I don't have an idea of this, frankly. I've never I've never pooped and then like sprayed my butt off. I mean you're just not enough of a world traveler. They're all over in Japan. Okay. Okay. Yeah, can't fully clean the dirt off the driveway with a broom. (laughs) (laughs) Spraying it with water makes it squeaky clean. Some bidets will warm the seat for you and air dry it for you. Mm-hmm. <coughs> wow. The comments Bro. are ratioing you guys. Bro. Okay, can someone define what being ratioed means? I heard this on Twitter uh. yesterday. This is like the hot new phrase. To be fair, if you relax your muscles, the water can get further than you would like. Bro, come on. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. Bro. Jeremy Bones says you're not getting an enema. Good Lord, it's enough pressure to clean it off. Spinal. <laughs> this is amazing. People are dying over here. Do we need an affiliate link for bidets? Apparently. Okay. John Jackson says so, too early to be laughing this hard. What do we got? Fat Jesus says can. can so being ratioed. Yes. It's just that it refers to the negative response that a tweet gets or. or oh, we're being ratioed on this bidet thing, because <laughs> I I'll try it. Are you saying you want to buy a bidet? I think that's HIPAA. How much is it? Good- <laughs> I've been saying I want to buy a bidet for years, <laughs> and you're like, I'm not having it. 
You're um, not getting it. But where are we going to put it, though? Like, oh, there's uh, no. Uh, in your you know butt? what I realized, actually? I thought about this the other day. I was like, you know what? Fuck him. I'll buy one and put it in my bathroom upstairs. Where are you going to put he it? He won't use it, and he don't have to complain about it, and I'll have a happy butt. Okay, where are you going to? Yeah, where are you going to put it though? <laughs> like I, I on the toilet. Oh, it attaches to your current toilet. You can buy them to attach to your current toilet, oh. or you replace your current toilet with a bidet toilet. It's an. Inca- it, you don't have to have two separate. I oh. thought a bidet was like its own. Dude, well, I didn't realize bidets were such a passionate topic. Yeah, Jesus. good lord. People like to have happy buttholes. Holy, I have a happy butthole. Do you really? Austin yeah. Lewis, Austin Lewis says your first time you will feel violated. <laughs> you got to take it to round two. <laughs> <laughs> this is unbelievable. Oh, well said. You can buy a bidet that just attaches to your toilet. To be fair, I have been close-minded to this. I will admit that. Dude. I will admit that. If you're giggling each time you use the bidet, you shouldn't be using it. Happy butt. Wow, dude. Wow. You can get a bidet for like 40 bucks, Solace says. Are they really? Okay. All right. You know, that's fine. Wow. Can you get a bidet on Amazon? Yes. You can. Okay. For the love of Okay, I'll buy a bidet today, and I will put an affiliate link to my Boho cleaning bidet sprayer colonic thing. Okay. Okay, bidet toilet attachment on Amazon. Oh, God. Oh, God. So there's like a valve to turn it on and off? I mean, it depends how much butthole pressure you Okay, there's a bidet called a Tushy. Yes, Tushy's like a popular cheap one. I've never come on, man. Tried one, but nah, I'm fine. Justin Salas yeah. says, "Monty, you need to buy a bidet and come back and give us your honest opinion." <laughs> yeah, can we get a bidet review? Fat cheese, <laughs> yeah. Fat Jesus says, "You know where you will put it." Yeah, in my bathroom. <coughs> you, I, 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 okay. I'll buy a bidet. I'll buy a bidet. Jesus, I'll buy a bidet. We it's didn't fine. even plan this topic. Yeah, how Good did we Christ. get here? Man, okay, Britt, Mrs. Monty, what is your go-to items on Amazon? That's what we were trying to talk about here before you so rudely interrupted. Go hogs. Jeez. What well, you... I'm, I'm a big subscribe and save. So, okay. like, you know. So what I are some of those just, items? Just easy. Um, my my uh, conditioning rinse for my hair. Okay. Hmm. Uh, I get that delivered on a schedule. Okay. Um, our one bars, totally. Protein bars. Yeah, because yes. when you go to the store to buy an individual protein bar, they mark that stuff up like way high. I, I'm a huge protein. I'm a huge one bar fan. Mm-hmm. The the cinnamon roll, cinnamon donut roll thing flavor of one you bars. Do maple glazed donuts. There you go. Maple glazed donuts. There, it's no the best idea. thing ever. He has no idea. He's like, Fast. I don't know. They taste good. I just know they Aloha taste good. Aloha bars. Aloha bars are really good. Um, Poopery toilet spray. Oh, you know, two. Poopery is a really good product. Yeah. You have a bidet expert over here, and you didn't even know it. I didn't. Yeah, and by the way, Fat Jesus says Instagram video your first time. Not doing it. <laughs> nope. Have that you ever tried to clean uh, with toilet paper when you have diarrhea? Okay. The chafing. Yeah, it doesn't happen with a bidet, Craig Hawkins you says. Know. Knock on wood. I got to tell you, I have a pretty consistent... I, n- I rarely, if ever, have... Your dump schedule. Yeah, I never have diarrhea. <laughs> I die. <laughs> there's a, there's a bidet called the Butt Buddy Spa. <laughs> uh, okay. How the fuck else would you do this job? Bro. Hey, hey guys, I got a butt buddy. Hey, guys, hey, guys, hey, guys, 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 guys. I'm going to go spend time with my butt buddy. Guys, uh, I have a butt buddy. 
We know. We know. <laughs> we know. Do you have sources? Uh, yeah. Um, go to stuff on Amazon. Yeah. I subscribe to Rockstar Recovery. Yep. Um, I'm telling you, the the protein bars, the Mrs. Monty's Aloha bars, mm-hmm. her protein bars are amazing. Um, but this Prime deal they're offering where you get, if you sign up for Prime, and it's in the the link below. Yeah. You guys, you really it's should. That's why we put it. It's a great deal. It's 50% off of Prime for three months. Yeah. No obligation. It's like six bucks. Yeah, Prime's 10 bucks a month, dude. So that'd be... Well, no, right now, if you sign up long yeah, term, no, it's $13 a month. <laughs> Amazon is giving you 50% off of Amazon Prime to try it <laughs> for three months. And if you don't have Amazon Prime... I'm t- click the link below. Like sign it your is. kids up, sign everybody up, dude. Like just do it. Yeah, I, I mean for six bucks a month, why would you not do that? You can cancel anytime. If you don't use Amazon Prime, it's free shipping. Like if you already have an Amazon Prime account and you were to create an account for your kid, let's say, and then you obviously would use it or whatever. I mean, you're saving yourself like sixty, seventy bucks a year. It's crazy. Least. Yeah, it's at it's least. crazy. Just in, just in in Prime membership costs. Yeah. The problem with most toilets, Bradlark says, are they're plumbed for cold water. So if you just get a simple attachment, it's going to be cold water. Oh. Some you have to plug in to get warm water or you plumb for hot water. Okay. That, uh, this, got, oh, this got complicated. Very now. serious technique in this. Yeah. Um, anyway, my point is, I, if you're not an Amazon Prime member, I think you're, you're really, you really losing should. out. You should. You, like, how many in, in the comments, how many of you are Prime members? Because remember, Prime owns Whole Foods now. Amazon owns Whole Foods. Correct. Now, so you can get, like, groceries. You can get all kinds of stuff. John Jackson says maybe the bidet will help clear up that cough. <laughs> wow. Dude. <coughs> it's killing me. And you know what? It, it just, yeah. It is what it is. I, I, the cough was fine. I've, the last two nights, I've slept great. Yeah. I've slept, how did you sleep last night, Mrs. Monty, with the elevated bed? <clears throat> great yeah yeah it was really good i i last night it was weird we were in zero g when i fell asleep and i woke up on my side with my legs up and my like i was all crinkled up but i really the zero g thing is really comfortable for me i just always in the middle of the night wind up turning on my side at some point mm-hmm. but what i got up and went to the bathroom and i noticed that you were crinkled up on your side and i flattened <laughs> the bed out <laughs> I don't mind just when the head's raised. The adjustable bed, by the way, it works with any mattress. It's nice. You don't have to have a box spring. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have an adjustable base with a regular temper uh, mattress. Right. It's great. Thanks. It is. It is. Everybody should do it. We did a little massage thing going to bed. Yeah. They, Zero G massage. Yeah, a little, little massage thing, huh? Oh, it's nice. Actually, the whole yeah. bed shakes. I'm not even kidding. It's really nice. It, it, it kind of lulls you to sleep. Uh-huh. Like, right. and I'm really getting into not looking at my phone when I'm going to bed. Last night, I looked at it for like two minutes and put it down uh-huh. and I didn't dream at all. I slept straight through until like my, do- my dog knocked over like our plant. We moved our living room around. My dog got up to go to the bathroom and he knocked this plant stand and it was kind of, the plant was kind of leaning. That woke me up at like three 30. You're such a light sleeper, dude. No. Well, not the other night. The dog's freaking lost their minds and i didn't even wake up yeah but you said. are in nyquil yeah that's different yeah i don't know it is what it is but anyway point is if you're yeah. not an amazon prime member click the link below i'm telling Do you it. it's well worth it's it super worth it man it's well worth it all right play the music because we gotta go yeah okay good but, talk. by the way 
Eight shirts left. I haven't looked if anybody ordered. Eight shirts, XL, 2X. As soon as those eight are sold out, we'll order a full size run. Because Justin Salas now is saying he needs a medium. Somebody else asked for a 3XL. We're out of 3XL right now. Okay. We'll get it. Next next t-shirt, after these eight sell, we'll uh, order a much bigger size run. Um, all right, that's it. Until tomorrow, say happy bedang. Happy bedang. Bye-bye.